What's up, you sewing circle people? I have some really nice music playing, but uh, I'm not uh, not costing any money right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, Natalie. Uh, well, I just I just thought I would um, share with you the uh, the next two chapters of the Trace of Diamonds. Um, I don't know if you've been following along, but you know the story is getting more and more exciting. Um, let me turn up the music a little bit more. Um, all right, so this is uh, chapter nine of uh, the Trace of Diamonds. After having breakfast, Gina and Plato walk through the garden and stand outside of a small brick building composed of many hexagonal windows. This was a place away from the world, avoiding distraction between a mixture of people who had the gene and didn't have the gene. Gina has never seen such a building before, which appeared to be quite rare. Plata explained that the building was a lab with scientists who work in an intimate environment daily to develop medicine and future cures for, man- for humankind. This was also a safe haven for scientists, which was heavily protected. Ironically, it was shielded with windows. The sci- scientists felt safe here particularly since the island was fairly difficult to find. And it was difficult to find for a reason. Crime is not kind to inventors. According to Plata, the government installed this testing site in a remote location so that the scientists wouldn't have to worry about risking their lives to come up with solutions to preserve mankind. And to Gina, God was definitely nowhere in sight. There weren't reminders of him anywhere, no crosses to bear in such an isolated place. And brain power didn't need much space. The scientists knew how to work together in tight quarters. Some of the most talented people on this planet worked behind these doors, Plata pointed towards the building, which appeared bigger the closer they got to it. Plata's explanation was still a little unclear, like looking closely at an impressionist painting. The sun was shining bright, working hard to light the world. Gina had to put her hand against the shiny sun's rays to see the building. Maybe the location of the building is somehow protected by the sun, Gina thought. How are they talented? They invent medicine. That's all they do. And what does this have to do with me? I don't know how to make medicine. They make the medicine, but you have to keep them happy. Gina looked at Plata's eyes, which seemed to hint inappropriate behavior. I don't know how to do that. I come from a convent. I only cultivated common sense. Plata looked towards the building and uttered a word that Gina couldn't catch. Did you say something? No, just talking to myself. You're here to work, right? That's why you entered. I was really hungry. You offered food. Yes, I offered food to a ghost. Ghosts don't have a lot of options and not much to contribute, if you know what I mean. Plata looked at Gina and slowly realized that it was going to take some time for Gina to acclimate to the new lifestyle. You have a right to feel that way. I'm glad you still have feelings left from a place that took away that very very ability. I'm going to read that sentence again. I'm glad you still have feelings left from a place that took away the very ability. You'll need it here to do the job right. I'm sure from an early age you were taught morals. You learned that the world is either black or white. 
but Gina, it's a mixture of both. All I'm asking for you to do is leave morality behind. Just feel. Gina looked down, a little ashamed about what her worried brain was telling her. Come with me. There's someone who you might want to meet. Don't worry. He's covered. Plata and Gina walked over to the end of the of another tended garden, drunk by the sun. They waited by the back of the building. A man fully clothed walked towards Plata. This is Hugo. He's a scientist. We call them Puritans here. Hugo shook Gina's hand. His wrist caught her eye. He was wearing a watch that almost resembled a leech. Gina was very curious to know what a leech-looking watch was doing on his wrist. What's that? Oh, this? It's a watch that holds DNA. It's very helpful for our research. In fact, it took some of your DNA just now. It scans every handshake I have with a stranger. That's interesting. Who came up with that? Hugo and Plata looked at each other for a, a little too long, as if they were communicating with their eyes only. I did, thanks to Plata. Wow, Plata, you must be a genius. Hardly. Thanks, Hugo, for introducing yourself. Gina and I are going to do some talking. Have you initiated her? What does that mean? Gina turned towards Plata. Oh, okay, maybe I've, I've said too much. No, that's fine. I will explain it to her. You must have been from that convent across the sea. Not too many wash up here. You're supposed to, you're not supposed to see me. I'm a ghost. So, are you saying that Plata's crazy? Hugo chuckled. Did Plata feed you? Yes. Then you're not a ghost anymore. Or else I wouldn't be able to see you, right? Yeah, I guess. Gina chortled a little. Gina chortled a little. That's right. I like your laugh. Make sure you keep it. Hugo walked into the building. But before he did, he waved with the hand, carrying a DNA watch. Somehow, the watch gave him powers. Come here. I want, you to, I want to show you something. Gina and, Plata and Gina walked towards a small well. Gina noticed that a couple of men were putting the watch into the carefully sterilized water while simultaneously gathering the water into a test tube. Hugo's watch is very important. You see those men? They're using the clean water to do genotype switching. What's genotype switching? Hugo explained it this way to me. The, the watch keeps DNA. When it touches the water, the watch is able to create combinations of codons that are helpful in fighting bacteria and viruses. What are codons? It's part of the DNA process. Hugo didn't explain much more. Gina looked at Plata's eyes. You helped him come up with that invention. I wonder how. You can call me whatever you want, but an invention is an invention, right? Chapter nine? I think this is chapter nine. Um, no, this is chapter 10. Uh, okay, so chapter 10. Tonight you're going to be initiated. What do you mean? Well, you're going to be in a room with me and listen to music, plain and simple. I don't have a problem with that. We play music all the time at the convent. Uh, yes, Gina, it's time you forget about the convent. The convent mentality that does, won't work here. So what's the difference? You will have to feel the music while you listen to it. You must be able to feel each and every word uttered in the song. 
Otherwise, music is not really necessary, right? How do I do that? I have some dinner waiting for you. Go ahead and eat. I'll wait for you here in the garden. Don't take too long. I'm not too hungry now. Trust me, you need to eat bef- you need to eat some food before you can feel the music. I'll be right back. Gina went into the waiting room to have dinner by herself. Gina was almost excited to hear about becoming initiated. She didn't know what it meant. Maybe it won't be that bad, Gina thought. What's the worst that could happen? Gina ate her dinner with chopsticks, which consisted of sweet potatoes and a local shrimp who couldn't walk to her plate. She went back outside into the garden. Did you eat enough? Plato was looking towards a smaller house instead. Thousands of thorns occupied the walls. It was almost as if the house was deserted from the rest of the world on purpose. Follow me. Gina took... Plata took... Plata... Plata took Gina's hand and held it while they walked towards the thorny house. Gina was starting to get confused. Why is she holding my hand? Gina thought. I'm not a little kid anymore. Before they entered the house, Plata handed some clothes to Gina. You will need to change. We have some guests joining us. What do I change? When we get inside, you go into the room to the right. You'll be fine. Plata opened the door to let Gina in. Countless machines containing Braille were lined up at the corner. There were about ten men in the room, half asleep. Some were lying on the Persian carpets as if having food coma, and some were laughing together while exchanging foreign air with their cigars. The room was a little too dark to have a party. Something was going on. It seemed like these men were under the influence of a drug, Gina thought. Music was in the background, of course, but it was very quiet. As soon as Plata's presence was noted, was noticed, the men refused to utter another word. Fresh produce, a man said as he laughed. He was by the machine, feeling each pinch of the braille getting his share of pleasure. Gina's going to change and we're going to start. Gina had never seen so many men in one room. According to Plata's con- conversation with Hugo, these men must be incredibly intelligent but helpless. Gina thought. Half of them were on the floor and some men were getting their score on the braille machine. Go change. Gina left the busy room and went into the vacant room to change. It was a public bathroom with a flickering light, but the light was patient enough to stay on so she could see her reflection. It wasn't much, Gina thought. She looked into the mirror. She couldn't recognize her own reflection since she really did change. Gina wasn't the same person who lived a secure life. She was now just meat for the butcher. Somehow, Gina thought, I ended up here because it was my decision. God wouldn't want this for me. This isn't God's plan anymore. But God can't be in charge of intelligence, Gina thought. God only cares about maintaining the human race. So maybe that's why I'm here. And maybe that's why those men with genius-like abilities are lying on the floor. It's because they're blind. God gave us vision, but he didn't give us a future. Is our only future to procreate? That's why he didn't give us intelligence, because then we would have it all figured out. The world would be perfect. There's nothing intelligent about procreating. God's plan might be waiting outside of this door, Gina thought. 
Gina walked out of the bathroom to find Plata putting her impatient finger on the braille machine while two men were practically sandwiching her. Come here, Gina. Plata sounded as if she was in a different dimension. Gina hesitated since all she had with her was logic. She walked slowly towards Plata. Plata took Gina's ring finger and gently placed it on the braille. Gina started to loosen up and unconsciously feel and unconsciously feel the music playing in the background. Somehow the music sounded louder. Gina could almost feel colors if any existed in the darkness. As Gina felt more of the braille circling through her fingers, she could feel the pinch of each dot calming her down, and almost until she felt like the world stopped. Okay, that's enough. Do you feel good? A little. One man walked toward, walked up towards her and held her up, of course, not for free. He held her close to him. Turn off the light, Plata ordered. The light was turned off, and shortly after, Gina had felt almost sleepy, but incredibly happy. Gina, standing with an ecstatic heart, felt an, an external happiness from each of the ten men, now naked. Each man put his body against her waist, feeling the width of her waist with his hands simultaneously. Three out of the ten men chose her at the end of the mating experiment, which determining who the alpha male was for Gina. Each of the three men uttered a magic word quietly into Gina's good ear. Kite. Port. Violet. Okay, turn on the lights now. With the lights on... Gina saw not one, but three naked men in front of her. Gina, still under the influence, could barely remain standing. Which word did you like the most? The three naked men stood in front of Gina, but Gina didn't care. All she could process was the one word that made her own world a lot better. Her heart leapt out of her chest. I think the word was violet. Gina fell onto the carpeted floor showered with pillows. She fell into a deep and peaceful sleep. The three naked men sat with their body with her body on their laps. Kurtz, the man Okay, hold on a second. The three naked men sat with her body on their laps. Kurtz, the man who uttered her favorite word, held her head on his lap. He was extremely happy since he was going to be the father of their child. You're mine forever last for me. He caressed Gina's pallid face before collapsing himself. They were going to give her the permanence she craved after leaving the convent as a ghost. These three men gave Gina what her mother couldn't give her, a record of existence. Oh, yeah, 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 Go, go get some, uh, go fill up those cups.